Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Hello, my name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today we have one of our old friends and an awesome comedian, Dustin Nickerson. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank thank, you for being Thanks for coming on. Right now you're at a hotel room in Denver. I don't mean to brag, but I'm in a courtyard Marriott in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) and uh, with bad lighting and uh, undrinkable tap water. But other than that, things are going pretty well. Well, is the view good at least you're in denver uh outside yeah i have a one of those i got an inward facing room so i get to see the uh, hotel lobby plaza so okay i had a friend tell me once yeah have you guys heard that stat um you know like there's no money mark that will make you happy except that first one of like seventy thousand dollars a year have you heard Uh this stat because it's the first time you get out of poverty and you don't have to worry about but every other measure and I think the equivalent is, is true as a comedian when you first start staying in Courtyard Marriott's. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the jump from Courtyard to Four Seasons won't make you happy. But the jump from like Hotel Six by the airport to a Courtyard Marriott will make you happy. Like you're really? not worried about disease or murder or <laughs> like so nothing nicer than this will make me happy. But this will this, you know, or not staying in some shared comedy condo space i'm content well i'm I'm glad that we caught you uh right as you have made that leap to yeah uh, (laughs) into greatness (laughs) i've only made it this week talk to me next week when we're (laughs) when i'm slumming it by the airport again oh yeah that's gonna be a depressing show whoever you're talking to (laughs) exactly yeah exactly that's my podcast i'm always a little less uh upbeat on my podcast (laughs) yeah oh yeah what is i totally forgot you had a podcast tell us what it is i i completely spaced on it uh, it's called Don't Make Me Come Back There. Uh, we are a funny podcast about family where I talk to comedians and other entertainers and podcasters and uh, folks like yourselves, which we'd love to have you on. Just about family stuff. Usually we do like different uh, themes and topics. Like we're doing like a summer series right now on like family vacations and road trips. And we just did a theme parks one. We're doing, I think the one that comes out this week is on VBS, which will be a lot of fun because I didn't, oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know VBS Live because I didn't grow up in it, but my wife and Jenny Jennings, our other guests, it's we're having a lot of fun with it. We like it a lot. Oh, oh man, so that, that's crazy. I did grow up going to vacation Bible school, and like, yeah. there, there's a lot of churches where we live out in Maple Valley, and they all have different summer themes. You know, it's yep. it, 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 it's either like jungle theme, pirate yep. theme, or a night, 
<laughs> safari it's theme. Only, or... It's that, and then it's based a lot on like whatever the most popular movie is. So right. a, the most popular one this year is called Roar, which is based on The Lion King. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like last year it was like you know all like the Incredibles or whatever popular movie is coming out. Like this will get the kids in. <laughs> uh, they're gonna love this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They should do a real life. Maybe this is a bit. Maybe they should do a real life uh, vacation Bible school. Like, dad's yelling, and uh, we our our a- AC went out, and this is yes. what we're going to talk about. It's just real life grocery situation. store lines for three hours uh, once a week. Right, <laughs> you stand oh, in man. a line. <laughs> so, so uh, we've known you. I know that we. Well, we used to go to the same church before it yeah. imploded out here in Washington mm-hmm. State, which is where yeah you're we from. left. We left before all that happened, but mm-hmm. we watched the atomic bomb from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. what? I can't remember. We we did music, and what did you do? Were, did you do sound stuff, or were you on the team? Uh, what did I not do? I The last role that I had when we were together is uh, I was uh, like the youth and kids guy. So I was doing like mm-hmm. the youth ministry and also the kids ministry stuff which I had never done kids ministry before, but like, that's kind of how things were at that church. They're like, who's around? And right. uh, so I, I was doing that. And then I was doing some community group stuff. And yeah, that was, that was my role. That was my last role at Marcel there mm-hmm. at the, uh, the, the East side, then Bellevue yeah. campus. Yeah. 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 We were we there for, we, yeah. we were there for probably, I don't know, four more years after that, mm-hmm. five more years after well, that. Well, we were there until it, disintegrated yeah yeah Yeah, we always say that um we left before the crap hit the fan uh but we could see it rising as we left (laughs) we're like all right have fun with that guys Uh, peace out we're going that'll be real cool and you're in san diego now right yeah yeah Yeah. that's where we're based yeah 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 so let's talk about a little like how did you so you're a comedian you do that full-time now and you're blowing up you've been on uh with john christ you just toured with him Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, if you're Christian, people know who that is. And now, late lately, you've been on with uh, Kevin Hart. So let's go back a little bit. Did you do stand up when you were up in Seattle, like in clubs and stuff? Yeah. I didn't. No, I was terrified of it. I always wanted to, but it was a um, you know when we moved to San Diego. Sometimes when you get like a fresh start in places, you just you know, you, you try things, you kind of reevaluate everything. It was one of those things that like, I grew up in love with stand-up comedy, watched it all the time, memorized stuff just, and always wanted to try it, but just kind of never got around to it. And, and some part of fear of being like, ah, what would people think of me doing this? Cause I couldn't really do it in anonymity. You know, I grew up in federal way. I went to UW. Like I'm like a Seattle guy. We spent our first 27 years there. And, like, it would just be so weird to be, like, Dustin's doing open mics now? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, so when we moved to San Diego, it was just one of those things where I'd been kicking it around, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do professionally anyways. Me and my wife were spending more and more time in L.A. and just kind of, you know, being near industry and entertainment stuff in Hollywood in general would kind of get my head dreaming quite a bit. And I was like, I, we're just, I'm just going to try this and started going to open mics and just didn't stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How nervous were you the first time you did open mic? Terrified. Uh, yeah. Like uh, you, you sign up, I signed up and then I thought about it every day for two weeks. And 
And I, and I had an advantage over a lot of guys first time that I had been on stage before. Like I preached and I've been speaking a speaker at different events. Like I was familiar with the, you know, the mechanics. But comedy is a totally different thing. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I was petrified. And and it's so funny because it is, you know, your first open mic is actually very low pressure. There's an internal pressure, but I mean you're invisible. There was there was one table like one table of like four or five drunk guys like that was it's not glamorous at all but in your moment you're like here we go like it's like some a star is born moment you know like oh it, it's the biggest thing it's like i've worked so hard for this moment this is my <laughs> yeah. thing and then you're just getting in your head all over yes. the place yeah Have you, when when you're up in i don't know if you did any small stand-up uh places up in seattle or open mic in seattle there is this place right off of aurora and it's literally like a six by six room and it has like a tiny bar and you're you're standing uh there, there's there's a there's a tiny little pa and you're standing and you could probably when you're holding the mic when you're up on it's not even a stage it's the floor you could reach to the bar and get a drink from the person like it's so small do you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about no i don't know that specifically but i know a thousand shows just like it yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So that that was my first open mic. It was last year and I kind of I challenged myself. I was like, okay, cuz my buddy started doing it uh, cuz you know I, I used to be in the band Emery and a couple oh, yeah, of the guys from Emery. You don't have started... to slow play yourselves like that. No. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you knew or not, but anyway, yeah. uh, um they they started doing it. I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I can't imagine myself doing it that. And there's like, well, okay, now I have to, right? Yeah. So I worked on a bit and everybody else there, there were no fans, of course, zero people, maybe like one dude's yeah. girlfriend and that was all. And then the bartender, but everybody else was just working on their bit. You know, there would, there would right. even be guys, guys running around because I think it was on a Thursday. They would come in, do their 10 minute set and then go to the next open mic and just do a circuit to yep. work out the material. But it was like I was scared to death and did terrible, but I did it, and that's that's the the fun thing. And it was so cool because everyone there was like, okay, it was like such a supportive thing, and because we were all just nothing basically, and right. it wasn't it wasn't. I can't imagine your world of you know craziness and and money and you know. Yeah, uh, but I I don't have to have <laughs> money. Don't let's not get crazy with money. Uh, okay. The uh, the yeah, but I, I know your world exactly. Every, you know, every comedian has a class of comedians that they were doing open mics with, which are their best friends forever. That yeah. because it's it, there. I mean, it's not it's not the same, but there's an element of where it's like, you know, uh, uh, going to battle together. Like we're just nobody really else understands the mechanics of going to these terrible shows and these open mics and waiting and not even going up sometimes. Sometimes you have to pay to get a drink just so you can go up, you know, and you just kind of go through this hell together, you know. Yeah. And so there is really a camaraderie there. It's nice that the people were nice to you at first because sometimes comedians, when you first start, like uh, they like what I affectionately call like the bucket listers, like you're trying to get those guys to just do it and never come back so that people were nice to you it's like um it's the equivalent of like the gym in january where all the regulars hate all the newbies (laughs) like like we just need you to leave you know there's only so much stage time so i'm i'm impressed that seattle scene was nice enough to you uh to be nice right away yeah it, it really was it was it was chill and that that wasn't the first time i did it i did another one 
in uh, Nashville when we were at a speaking thing there, and then I did another one in Greenville. I tried to do it in Denver. At what was that? What was the club's name? I don't know. I, don't know. I got on the list, and then they probably I, the Comedy Works, New Talent Night, Comedy Works. Yeah, yeah, that that might have yeah, been it. That's but where I, I am this weekend. Yeah. Okay, nice. It, and it was like this tiny side room thing. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't going to go on until like two thirty a.m. And it was just it was yeah. packed. But then the 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 time in Nashville, I felt it, it was it was really cool because there's about a hundred people there, and it was it really was really funny. It was really funny, right? And then the time in Greenville, which I, I kind of cuss a good bit. It's hilarious because he goes from being set. like a therapist. He's soft spoken. He's nice. He's gentle. And then when he does stand up comedy, it's like. Oh my goodness! Like all the <laughs> yeah. all the words show up and all yeah. the well, it's like a different it's like a different kind of it's I, don't know. I, I mean hope, it's funny. I would hope nothing else from a therapist like yeah. you got to get that out some way you know it's kind of like like I used to have like a, a detective buddy who had like the most inappropriate sense of humor and he just needed to be that way you know like just so he's human just so he has yeah. some outlet you know he's just dealing like with murders and stuff like all day like. All right. If you're a literally reference, I'm fine with it. This is yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you interrupted Dustin's story. He was telling us about how he got into comedy, and then you blasted it. Oh, jeez. I was talking about sorry. That. Continue on. Sorry. What would a therapist call that? Gaslighting? What is that called? Uh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> well, a little turn this on you, real quick. Uh, no. Um, I don't. I don't know where I was at. I don't. Uh, you were yeah, talking. It, I don't know. We you were, were flowing about... like a conversation. It was fine. I didn't. I didn't feel interrupted. Oh, okay. I wanted to hear the whole story though. So I'm you were from Federal the... Way, and then you. I remember this. Like when I would follow you, you. I, I think I don't know. Maybe a couple years ago, you. You were at some full time job, which wasn't a comedy gig. And right. You're like, all right, I'm going for it. And I was like, whoa, for yeah. real. How's that going to work? What was your job? Uh, the last job I had, I was, I worked at a rec center, um, kind of like a YMCA, it was a croc center. It was, um, it was in our area. We were like members there anyways. It was wonderful. It was like the best day job I've ever had. And I was like middle management there, just like guest services type stuff. It was, it was cool because rec centers are very community oriented and we mm-hmm. like that a lot. That it's just, we would see people all the time from the neighborhood and you know, that's like, and it's not like some po-dunky YMCA. This thing was built by the Crocs, the like McDonald's money. So it had like three pools and an ice arena and a theater and a skate park. Like it wasn't, you know, it, you know, when you think like little community YMCA or Boys and Girls Club, it wasn't that. So, yeah. but I did both for five years, you know, where it was a lot of, and it was a great day job as far as comedy went because. You know, if I was leaving town for a gig on Friday, I could work the Sunday before. So just work Sunday through Thursday or like, you know, most more almost, uh, you know, for two or three years, almost every Monday morning, I was taking the first flight from somewhere uh, and landing in San Diego around 10 and then going to work at noon and working nine to, you know, I would work the closing shift on Mondays and everybody would know like. Hey, just so you know, like Dustin's going to look really bad on Monday. <laughs> like, he's most likely will have slept in an airport and, you know, we'll be just rolling in maybe on a shower, maybe not, depending on how long the flight was. So, yeah, I worked both for about five years and then a year and a half ago, you know, we just and it wasn't like um, it was a leap of faith, but it was also very like calculated, like. We had enough. And I remember I had someone tell me once, like, you know, to make a jump, you want to have, you know, six months at the bank and six months on the books. 
and and you know having a family we were more like hey let's see if we can get that to be like closer to 12 to 18 like <laughs> on, and, and hey if something happens we'll still eat and i'll have we will have enough money to coast while i go get another job uh but also you know you do it you know because you know how is like in booking like a lot of time you're you have work six to 12 months out so there was enough work that we were like this, yes, this, of course, this is a risk. I'm, I'm trying to go make a living on jokes, but it was, a, it was more calculated. And, and I always tell people, like, on jobs like that, like, work the day job until the day job essentially fires you. Like, mm-hmm. and that's how it was with us. They're like, you're gone too much. You, and, and why not just continue to do both and make as much money and put away as you can, as opposed to, you know, just like the, we're, we're stopping everything right now and gonna go tell jokes is like yeah there's no there's no money for a long time buddy (laughs) right this is a bad move you you make i mean even weekends like this where i'm out like you know there's a lot of break even weekends that you do so that in the name of getting better in the name of opportunities in the name of exposure you know so uh yeah that's a kind of a convolutive way of saying like you know pursue your dreams but uh don't don't be dumb about it Pursue them carefully. Yeah, exactly. Carefully. Yeah. 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 That's a good way. Pursue them carefully, which isn't as good of a bumper sticker. (laughs) Pursue your dreams carefully. Like, yeah. Have caution when following your dreams. (laughs) Yeah. What do they say? Like, you you know, it's not, I didn't jump off the cliff. Like, I looked for like a a stairwell down the cliff. Like, I'm going downward, but I'm trying to be calculated about it. Yeah. How many kids do you guys have? We have three kids. Mm-hmm. I was and, just going to ask that. That's oh, funny yeah. that you asked. How yeah. old are they? Uh, 12, 10, and 5. Okay. So yeah, you, 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 you did the split kind of when right after you had your last kid? We had uh, um, a little after. She was like two. My, if, if my years seem off here, they're off. I'm, we're, we're speaking <laughs> Have very generic. Have you really generic. been a comedian for like 10 years and you just don't know it? No, 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 no. That I know. I know it'll be seven years this August since my first open mic. That I know. Mm-hmm. The ages of my kids, I'm a little blurry about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you their ages. I couldn't confidently tell you their birthdays. I know their birthday <laughs> month. I'm not a details guy. <laughs> yeah. The worst thing is like what grade they're in and who their teachers are. Oh, I mean, I think yeah. I still think my uh, fifth graders teacher is like his first grade teacher. I'm like, yes, you had yeah. Mrs. Rude, right? Oh, wait, no. She, yeah, that was yeah. four years ago. I know. It's weird. That's, mm-hmm. Do your kids ever see you perform? Yeah, you know, occasionally they do because since I do church shows is on, on occasion, like they'll come out to those, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially like they, they'll go out to the ones in town, like where I'm opening for John or Tim Hawkins or Michael Jr. One of kind of the church acts and stuff, because, you know, the shows that I do that I'm headlining they're you know, either a it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to come, you know, or b they're not allowed to come. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they come. They seem to get a kick out of it. Yeah. So let's talk about because this is a marriage show, right? Mm-hmm. I want to talk about comedy the whole time, but we got to talk about marriage. How how do you find that that works with like that transition with your wife and you guys have three kids and you're gone like you know right. was it was she pretty chill about it does it does it work for you guys are you getting divorced like in a week uh, yeah funny timing uh, I have she served me papers today no um, oh, no <laughs> no the um, I, chill isn't the word I would use so she pretty chill about it um, no the Melissa, I, with 
any traveling job is hard. What, like, I think what a lot of people don't realize until you're doing it a lot is there are so many jobs that travel. The airport is full of people that travel for a living, not vacationers. It's full of professional travelers who have husbands and wives and kids and friends. And, you know, there's just certain jobs that you do that. And there's unconventional jobs like firemen and pilots, obviously. And, you know, there's military families. There's like, there's, there's so few, I I shouldn't say few, because how do you calculate it? But what there aren't, especially anymore, are a lot of families that a dad has a nine to five job Monday through Friday and the mom stays at home and the dad eats breakfast with them and then comes home and volunteers in their little league. Like there's just not a lot of that. So mm-hmm. whatever weird conventional job, like, and, and I think some spouses need that from somebody. They need that kind of stability. Uh, I know I need to know when you're going to be home every day you know, at these times, or I can't function and we're going to fall apart. Melissa is not that way. Melissa is an artist, which helps. She's a, was a graphic designer before she decided to stay at home with the kiddos. Um, she like likes uh, that we are uh, an artist family. She, we are kids go to an art school. Like there's, uh, there's, a, there's an element of where because. Um, you know, we're both kind of right-brained, like that we click the same way, and that that helps. Um, um, I, I think maybe romanticize it, which I think it is. There is an element of where it is. Uh, you know, you you've been in music, you get it. Where touring can be wonderful and cool and awesome, and you know, very hard. Um, but the other thing, the reason that it works and it doesn't work for everybody is, like Melissa is also highly independent. And so, and the, you know, I have plenty of comedian friends have gotten divorces. I have plenty of non-comedian friends that have gotten divorces. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for Melissa, what I've noticed is, you know, or what I should say is my friends that travel a lot, their husband or wife who stays home, they usually go one of two extremes. One is they get highly needy. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're gone. Oh, I miss you so much. When are you going to get home in a way that can get unhealthy pretty quick, you know, like a dependency thing. And, um, and then the other, which is what Melissa does, which is highly independent. And it's like, wait a minute, who are you? You know, (laughs) like, like, which is the better way it makes it easier when I'm gone. It does make it a little harder when I first get home because it's like, you've been gone four days. We were fine without you. (laughs) Re-entry can be a little bit of a challenge, Uh, but I would much rather have it that way as opposed to what I've seen in other relationships, you know, which is like a full on, like uh, I'm a mess without you. You know, they get, uh, you know, very um, self-harming of just like, they can get depressed and down and they just sit around and they do nothing. And, and Melissa's the, she kind of like, it's almost like she activates into this even more highly independent role. Um, yeah. Which, which helps, helps a lot. That was yeah. one of my favorite conversations that Seth and I had one time was when, uh, so he's always traveled a fair amount for right. his job and been gone on weekends and stuff. And uh, I went to Denver uh last year I think it was and it was the first time that I had been away from our family and the, like the kids have ne- I've never been away, right, right 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 and it was so funny because he calls me like the this probably after the first night so the second day I'm there and he's like ah, Melanie this is 
this is so easy when you're gone. <laughs> and I mean, it was like, he was like gleefully delighted at, at how simple life was when I just wasn't there. And it was so, it yeah, was really I, funny. I still understand that dynamic. Like it, it was. There's no lot, other adults. It to, was the easiest three days ever. Yeah, there's no other adult <laughs> to like argue with. So it's, <laughs> you're, hilarious. you know, like you're a king. You're just yeah, a king. And, yeah. and no one can win but you. Yeah, so, I, I have <laughs> found re-entry because I've been gone like longer periods of time, one time for like two whole weeks and other seven days or five days. And yeah, re-entry after that is kind of hard because I'm like, hey, I'm home, everybody. And they're like, whatever. Hey, hello. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Cool. I'm like, come on. Uh, I wanted to get down to brass tacks and ask the really hard hitting questions. Is the reason, I mean, I know you're in Denver and you're on tour or whatever. Is the reason that Melissa isn't with us right now because she's much funnier than you? Oh, uh, no, it is not. Uh, <laughs> Melissa is many things. Funny, funny to anyone other than me is not one of them. Uh, he's the funniest person in the world to me. Like, I laugh harder with her than anybody else. But if anybody looked into it, they'd be like, none of this is funny. And, uh, you know, like, I just, I just find her and not in some um, you know like degrading way i just am amused by her existence it makes me laugh you know it's just like uh little quirks that are are like i feel like these are like just these are just here for me i find these things so funny like she reads the paper which i i die every time i see her reading a paper (laughs) like we flew she went with me to nashville this last week and uh you know, she got a paper and was just reading it on the plane, and I'm dying. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Who's like, this 34 year old woman, like who looks young too? Like it's just just out and about on a plane, just reading a paper. It's just stuff reading like that. Paper. But, yeah, but she's not. Uh, she's uh, she's very silly, but um, she's not hard hitting with the jokes. <laughs> I will say that it. Part of the reason that she's not on this is that from a scheduling standpoint, it is much easier to just oh, get yeah. me because I have downtime on the road, you know, whereas to find a time that Melissa and I are both available is uh, to do something like this is a little more challenging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, plus you rather probably FaceTime your kids or, or something than yeah. be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Well, yeah. you know, I, uh, I I go into work mode on the road, so I'm happy to put out content in any way. Most of my podcasts are recorded on the road. I'm like, all right, I'm going to make some videos and write some jokes and, you know, go out. And uh, that way I try and do as much of that as I can when I'm on the road. So when I'm home, I don't have to do any of it or less. Yeah, of that's it, a good you know. Yeah. What would you, because I'm kind of fascinated about the, the leap that you made, like, because yeah. comedy, it was, it was like a, a new start for you. It's something that's been on your mind for a really long time. And now you're actually making it work because you put a buttload of work into it. You're, sure. you're following, you're following your, you know, your heart in it. Maybe you put a buttload of work in it, I guess. There's uh, a lot of bad jokes <laughs> and a lot more to come. Yeah, yeah, but that's part of it, right? But the fact that you're doing it and liking it and being successful is really inspiring to me because I th- I think that I'm I'm kind of in a middle point with my regular day job, which I love, but then doing the podcast full time and speaking and touring and do- doing all kinds of stuff is something that we are both interested in. And how how would you say like what 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 was it for you that made you make that leap or for for listeners who may be in that same thing like well i'm married and you know i've had this dream for what for a long time or whatever like what what advice may you give them yeah i mean i think that you know i'm not um 
I'm not the best at motivational speeches. I'm not the best a uh, pursue your dreams. I'm not the best carpe diem type guy because, um, you know, I everything that we did from the outside, I think, looks rightfully does look like risk taking and um you know dream chasing and 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 that there is an element of truth to that but i also we were like yeah, there's nothing in my life that i've ever been more practical and pragmatic about as far as and i think part of that's cuz i started when i was 27 we had two kids and and i was interested in how can i be a professional comedian very soon and so there were a lot of things that like i just jumped ahead of people because I was, I, I just kind of started to understand, you know, cause you're an adult at 27, you know, like, yeah, it's like, okay, well, I don't have to be the coolest one here. I just need that guy to like me cause he books this show and I need to get a website up and going and I, I need to get social media stuff going and I need to get on this website and, and, and get some business card. Like there was a lot of very practical, pragmatic things that allow you to sometimes kind of jump ahead in an industry like comedy, at least getting into some gigs that'll put some, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be terrible, but you know, they start off. I mean, I remember my first gig where I got paid $20 in a beer and I was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh, this happened. And that's where it starts where first you get gas money and then, and then someone gives you something that hits grocery money and you're mm -hmm. like, and then something hits you that hits rent money. And you're like, wow, this is, you know, but that doesn't happen that often early on. But I, I, you know, I also like I'm not totally sold out on this as far as um, like I tell people and I tell Melissa all this the time. Like if you want me to quit, I'm done like in a second. Like I had you before comedy and I want you after comedy. Like I don't um, this is my favorite job in the world, but it is a job to me. It is mm -hmm. a profession that I have that makes money and I have you know, bosses and I have commitments and I have times that I have to be somewhere and I have paperwork to fill out. Like it is a job job, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, we, we just constantly do, um, like check-ins, like, how are you doing with this? Do I need to travel less? Do I need to, um, uh, do we need to consider, we always talk about like, if I were to not have done comedy, then I would have just transferred to go run a rec center in like Salem, Oregon and made, <laughs> you know, $50,000 a year and been the Prince of Salem. <laughs> so you're like, you can be royalty in central uh, Oregon, you know, and go hang out with the Mahoney's. I think they're living there, Patrick and them. You know, whoever, whoever moved, that's a name that nobody cares about, but uh, except us. Uh, but the, um, you know, I think that the beautiful thing about, like, passion is usually um, passion is something that you can be good at it because you care about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why having a passionate job is important. Not because of some like ethereal, mystical, this is your life calling type thing. That's not how I view it as such as saying like passion makes you work harder. Mm -hmm. Passion makes you want to be better. So if you can find a thing that you're passionate at and have some baseline skills at it, then it actually starts to become a very practical thing for you to pursue because it is. And that's what I found at comedy is like, I'm just better at this than anything else that I've ever done. Cause it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I care. I don't have to, I don't need a boss to give me an annual review to tell me to work hard at this job. 
you know, uh, yeah. it's a job that I have done and will do uh, or did do and will continue to do at times for free because I just care about it. So mm-hmm. that that part I do agree with the like pursue your passions. But I also and I know this from being a comedian, like just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean you're any good at it. And <laughs> uh, yeah. sometimes you, sometimes you've got to go see if you can find something else. And if you have other people relying on you. Like, that's what I don't like, too. I don't like when people sell out their families and their relationships to go do something like relationships are comedy won't make you happy. Like a successful podcast won't make you happy. The only thing that I found that can make me happy are healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that starts with my wife and kids. So if these things can coexist, then great. But if they can't, then. Yeah, I'll never pick up a mic again, or I'll just do it every once in a while in town, and I'll be totally fine. You know? Yeah, yeah. I love that. We we tell our kids like, what's the most important thing, and the answer is relationships. You know, mm-hmm. with their yeah. brothers, with their sisters, with our you know our each other, our community yeah. and stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely because if if you do like, and there's a lot of people I think that get divorced and have marital problems because their one spouse is like. Well, she won't let me follow my passion. It's like, well, your passion right. is really selfish, and it's it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, well, and and it won't make you happy. I right, mean, your passion won't make you happy. No, if you lose yeah. all your relationships and sacrifice that for yeah, it, then what know. is it worth? Not I wanted much. to ask you a bunch of funny random questions about marriage because I think it would be funny. Can I do that? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I want you to think like shotgun style. You're gonna answer them quick to see if we can okay. make it even funnier with the time okay. frame here. We'll so, see. Um, I'll see if I'll, I'll start. Let's see if a fart was fart. <laughs> Say uh, funny one. <laughs> the very um, first time I public spoke, I was doing like a devotion at my little youth group. And, uh, you know, like I was a, I was a pretty good, I was like, a I came into like church late in like, you know, later school years. And so I had to like share my testimony a lot, you know, cause I didn't grow up in a Christian home. You know how it is. And, uh, <laughs> I went to tell a story about a Bible verse. And what I meant to say was when I first started, (laughs) but I merged those words. And so I said, when I farted, and then everybody giggled. And, uh, and I wish I could say it was like, and then that's when I knew I wanted to be a comedian. No, 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 no. It was like, it was embarrassing and I got mad at him. And, but now I can laugh about it, even though it was fairly traumatic in the moment, you know? <laughs> anyways, I, all that to like, say, I've accidentally said farted many, uh, at least one very traumatic time. I like how you said you got mad at him. Yeah. I got very it's mad. Like, Come on, man. We're talking. I, you know, I was, I, I got really, about the Lord here. Yeah. You know, I got into, I had a good solid two and a half years of fundamentalism. <laughs> they were like late high school and, my early Mars Hill days. And then I was like, timing ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is dumb. I'm getting out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's the first question. Uh, If you had a superpower, but it only worked on your wife, what would it be? And why? Uh, mind control. (laughs) (laughs) You you went heavy there. I wouldn't use it a lot, but there are times that I would be like, no, where I just because I don't like to fight sometimes and I'm like I need you to think and feel a different way right now I'd use Uh, it I would use it sparingly but I would want her to have it on me too it would just clean a lot up yeah (laughs) oh man that'd be trippy because yeah I'm conflict avoidant basically and Melanie loves a good fight so if I could mind control her like no no conflict (laughs) he just stands there going Okay, next question. If people got a reward for having a good marriage, what would that reward be? Oh, the good marriage is the reward. 
That's uh, oh. that's yeah. It's uh, there's nothing better than a good marriage. That's the reward. That's good. <laughs> The reward is looking across the table at your wife reading a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes, absolutely it is. The reward is everything that comes with a good marriage. The reward is, uh, uh, you know, like not feeling guilty. The reward is uh, <laughs> you laughing with somebody that you like. The, you know, like not having some huge regret all the time, you know, like, yeah, it's a, a good marriage. I know enough people in bad marriages to know, like, uh, that's a punishment. <laughs> good marriage is a great, it's like the best reward, you know? Oh, that, that is that is so right. Like, I, as a marriage and family therapist, I counsel yeah. couples, and I'm like, oh, man, I, Dude, if, I cannot imagine. If your marriage imagine. is bad, then your life is bad, you know? Because yes. you just, yeah, especially, like, in an era where you're, spouse constantly can communicate with you or if it's bad and they won't communicate with you you know like <laughs> right yeah. so i'm uh, yeah that's that's the reward that's a good one uh what is your like go-to excuse to avoid arguments or things that you just don't want to do uh i'm i'm uh tired i'm busy i'm sleepy i'm going to bed always tired and that's not even an excuse it's honest just you know, life. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a thing that me and my wife, like early on, we would do like the like, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger thing, you know, which is true. You know, don't go to bed mad. And now we will compromise a fight to be like, let's go to sleep. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. let's, can, can we wrap this up? Like, let's be done here. We it's you know, I've got an early flight. You've got school pickups or drop offs. So that's, so that's you good just advice. Look at your watch and start snapping. And she goes, yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I bet the next morning, you know, are you still kind of pissed or is it like okay let's no i think not as pissed as we would be if we were running on three hours of sleep <laughs> yeah, right? yeah i'm That's never ang- more angry than when i'm tired you know yeah tired hungry or what's the other one i don't remember i can't remember there's stressed or something yeah um let's see what is it like the exact moment that you realize that melissa is right and you're totally wrong about something <laughs> what does it feel like you know, I just couldn't say. I couldn't. I don't think I am. I, I haven't felt it yet. So, and when I'll she listens you. to the show, then yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, you can ask her that question. I think she. Would. No, it's it's uh, it's uh, the we've we've been married for almost fifteen years. I think maybe we've had two important fights ever. Like it's never an important fight. Uh, yeah. Because I think we both know, like, hey, if this is important, we have to take a different tone to that. Um, but it's usually, if I'm honest, there's an amount. If it's something like uh, like directions, which I know is very hacky, but like there is an element to that. Like, it's sometimes if I peel back there, there is an amount of insecurity there of like, oh, no, I was supposed to be right in something like this. And I don't like that, you know, I didn't live up to my stupid manhood trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, it, we've never, we so rarely have a fight that matters that you, usually it's just like a quick "I told you so" one way or the other. You know. <laughs> yeah. um, this is totally not what I was going to talk about, but I think we should talk about it. So you, okay. uh, you do your podcast about family, and we wanted to be, we want to do uh, like a show with our kids about family to kind oh, of cool. just, you know, yeah. get it. I think it's important, right? Uh, so what I think we really should do is unite forces and just like start a giant TV show about family and marriage. Does that sound good? <laughs> you in. live in LA, right? Uh, <laughs> I live close to LA. Yeah, the, uh, I'm in. Yeah, and TV money's good money. That's better than Courtyard Marriott money. So let's figure it out. <laughs> it, it, won't, it won't make you happier though. So no, it might. No, it no. Might. <laughs> and 
TV is work. Oof. It, the TV looks great when it's on TV, but the little amount that I've done, it is so much of just sitting around and doing nothing. It is you just boring. Said it was work. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. It's 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 not fun. I don't I don't like that stuff at all. I mean, I'll yeah. do it, but I'm not. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Tell us what that was like, actually, because you did just tell us all the things well, you that you just recently did. That one done. NBC show, right? Uh, that was a while I, back, though. Wasn't I did it? a show on Fox a while back. I did. Um, I've done some little commercial things here and there, um, and most recently, I did the Comedy Central thing, and that was three days of taping. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess it was four days of taping, two in San Diego and two in LA. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was, um, it's almost more surreal to watch. Like they're running ads for it right now. Mm-hmm. And then there were a couple clips that come out. And when like you see a video of you talking to Kev- Kevin Hart or, and like, that's more surreal than it actually happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, plus I remember the, I remember when I got that, I remember auditioning for that show not feeling like I got it, you know, which is like, again, another trope, like, of yeah. like, oh, when you think you didn't get it, you got it. Um, and when they called me, I was excited for a couple reasons. But one of them, it was just the most validating thing for my kids, because oh. like their kid, their friends all the time, like, so your dad's funny, you know, but like, <laughs> the, you know, but now like, now I've been on TV and I've met and worked with Kevin Hart and there's yeah. just nothing more impressive to a child than mm-hmm. working with Kevin Hart, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like having watch... pictures and videos and, yeah, you know, video of me having a conversation and me making Kevin Hart laugh and talking comedy and stuff like that. Like, yeah, my kids are more proud of it than anyone. <laughs> I think it That's makes so their fun. lives easier. You know, your dad's a comedian. Yeah. You know, it's Kevin Hart. Well, I wouldn't say no. (laughs) Well, no, you're in very close proximity to him, which is super cool. When when does that come out? I know the commercials are out for it now, but when does it come out? July 5th. I got the coveted Friday night after a holiday at 11 p.m. spot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hey, well, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, well, everybody watches it online anyways. Like, the clips are what people watch, so, you know. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's not not a, you know... um, I mean, I'm sure you felt this in your music days as well. Like there aren't um, in comedy, like it's it doesn't it's not a breakthrough. There's not like one thing. I always say it's more like it's more like Andy and Shawshank going back and chipping away every night. That's what I feel like is that every night I go to a club or I do a show and I'm just chipping away. And some days I get bigger chunks of rocks than others. And other times I feel like I chipped and I got nothing. But I I chipped away. And then eventually and it all checks out because then you crawl through, you know, 500 yards of crap. It all it all checks out. <laughs> the whole metaphor of escaping oh, prison in comedy. It's exactly, yeah. right, exactly right. Well, I think anything that you want to that is is a passion and you're willing to work hard for it. Yeah, it, it, it's such a lie, too. Like, uh, you know, uh, OK, if I get married or meet this right person, then I'll be super happy. But then it takes work like a mm-hmm. total whole unbelievable not even desirable amount of work yeah. to to have success in marriage and you know like because our, our i consider our, our show small but like with other shows who are like yeah i got 50 downloads today and i'm thinking that that would be the worst thing ever yeah, for but, us that'd be like a nightmare but for that person yeah. it's like amazing. but then when we were there too yeah, like when yes, we, we got there, 100 we, downloads yeah. you know a day or whatever mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's just i think it's just all relative you know oh, it's like totally. oh you know, Dustin and Kevin Hart, that's so cool, but 
yeah, it's cool. But, but he had then, to crawl through know. crap to get there. <laughs> yeah, and 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 there's and no matter what level you're at, there's always somebody else to look at, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's always, you know, like I have comic friends who are like, oh my gosh, you know, you've got that many Instagram followers. And I'm like, yeah, I work with John Chris. Do you think I feel like I have a lot of Instagram followers? <laughs> right. That guy has 1 million Instagram followers. You might as well have <laughs> seven Instagram followers. Yeah, I did. I did the math last night. The most successful video I ever posted was one that I did in Seattle a couple weeks ago. And it was just like every tourist in Seattle or something. I and it was hilarious. Like, Thank you. I appreciate it. And I looked at it and it was like, and it had like, something like 80,000 views, which for me is a monster number. Like that's the biggest. And I, and I calculated it compared to John's biggest video. And his video was literally 350 times more popular, (laughs) 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 which is such a staggering amount. It's not two times, 350 times more, but you can't, the only thing that like what I tell myself is the only thing I can compare myself to is my former self, like mm-hmm. not like, and not even like a week ago, like six months ago. So like our downloads on my podcast, I can't look at somebody else's podcast. I can't look at Rogan's numbers. I can't look at anybody and compare myself to them. I have to look at where I was six months ago and am I trending in the right direction? So mm-hmm. do my video views have more than they used to do my followers? Are they up, you know, and if they aren't, then I have to, look through like readjust mm-hmm. stuff but yeah I, yeah I i it's the old horse blinders thing right they yeah. put them on just so you can't see the horses next to you you just gotta yeah. run your race you know yeah um would you unplug your ears? I, I was gonna i was gonna say something well, Sorry, hold on I, I have to get the kids from school yes i want well, we you to wrap make this sure up that then. you ask where yeah, people let's... can check you out and all that stuff but i literally have to go now <laughs> okay all right yes cool. so it's the, it was nice to hang out again good to see you again yeah <laughs> when i'm up in seattle good. next well i'll have you i'll do uh i'll have you guys on my pod that would oh, be, yes be we would love yeah, it yeah. and we can always call in too so all right oh, I, yeah, yeah. sweet perfect all right, all right. See you, Melanie. So, okay, we're wrapping it up. And yeah. uh, if where where can people find what you want them to find? Uh, yeah, just uh, all my uh, yeah, social media stuff is my name at Dustin Nickerson. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, website is DustinNickerson.com. That has tour dates and all that kind of stuff on there and video clips, whatever you're looking for. And um, yeah, that's that's usually. The best place that I, you know, people follow and subscribe. Oh, and then the podcast is called Don't Make Me Come Back There. We're on wherever you get podcasts. If wherever you're listening to this one, you're going to, you can probably find mine. Unless you guys are on iHeartRadio. That's the one I'm no, on. No, yeah. we're we're on the major one. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah check it out. We appreciate all that. And that's so It's always fun to be on podcasts because, yeah, you people who hear this are actually, pod, like when someone's like, follows you on instagram you're like i don't know if they're gonna come to my podcast but podcast listeners you get to listen to podcasts so yeah that's right it's like go over there have some laughs get yeah, some yeah, yeah, or yeah whatever yeah. so i know that you said you have the comedy central thing coming up july 5th which you guys mm-hmm. go check that out anything else coming up that you want um, to share or can share yeah not not quite yet i'm going on a nice little fall headlining tour um and we'll have dates about that soon uh right now cities we know we're gonna go into are um irvine uh irvine birmingham atlanta houston um there's another one i forgot in there um nashville like we're doing a nice little run of headlining tour dates and uh 
you know, when you start tipping into headlining dates, you really need people to come out because you got to sell tickets. Otherwise, it gets real sad real fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're the major you're the major draw, right? So yeah, exactly. you, you got to bring the people in. That's what, exactly right. This is kind of off topic, but what is your biggest market? Like what area? What gene? Um, uh, Seattle is one. And um, just because I'm from there and I've toured a bunch there and I've done a bunch of big shows up there, you know, with John or I was up there with Nate Bergetzi last weekend. So Seattle is one. And then I have a couple. It depends on the um, accumulative. My biggest markets are like Seattle, San Francisco, Dallas, Atlanta, LA. I think those are if you put all the different but like on Instagram yeah. I have a bunch of followers in Birmingham for some reason. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? yeah. I'll take it. It's just cuz I've toured there a bunch wherever you've toured, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have you so, done any international shows? I've done some I've done some Canada dates, uh Vancouver, um uh Kelowna. Um we're doing Winnipeg coming up. We did uh Calgary. So a lot of Canada dates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about like any uh some summer comedy festivals? Like oh, don't they have a really big one in Denver? Uh um, that a good one? Um oh. that sounds familiar. I'm I'm opening for John at the um, Minneapolis Comedy Festival in a couple weeks. That'll be a big one. We just did the Nashville Comedy Festival, which was a dream. We performed at the Ryman. It was like the coolest show I've ever done. Nice. You know, I grew up listening to like my dad is a country guy. So like I grew up on all the outlaws guys, you know, Waylon and uh, Johnny Cash. And, you know, we're, oh, like, yeah. I'm, we're staying in like the, my green room was the Carter and Cash room. And I'm like, I'm just crying in the wow. green room. You know, <laughs> wow. this is too much. This is too much. I've peaked. So I'm going to retire and move to Salem. Oh, that's crazy. So, well, yeah. Salem, Salem's in your future then. Yeah, so. exactly. One way or another. Yeah, well, yeah, we'd love to come on your show. And also, I want to catch your set, too, uh, yeah, whenever you're yeah, up yeah. in Seattle. I, Seattle, we're working on finalizing a venue. It will probably be in the fall. Um, and if not, we'll probably do early 2020 for a Seattle date. So, All right, cool, man. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We know you're super busy. Good luck Thanks tonight. for having me, man. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, right on. So we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, buddy. All right, man. Thanks, Dustin. Bye.